With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, February 23rd, and we are here trying to help you make good financial decisions for wherever you are. And I really want to emphasize that where you are, not where anyone else is. It is very important for me that we are responding to what is going on in your life. And I get it. We listen to these stories from everyone else. They're interesting. But if you want a little bit more help that is more customizable to your situation, give us a holler. Go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. I know we don't do this for a living, but Mark and I are both CFPs. We do the best we can with the information you give us, and hopefully you're helped with that information. Today, we're talking to Philip, who's on the line from Chicago. Welcome, Philip. How are you today? I am well, Jill. How are you? Doing great. Now, the reason I am so excited is that right before we got on the air, I noticed from Philip's signature line that he's actually a shrink. So I feel like we're about to have a very interesting conversation about money and emotions. Um, and you can do some therapy on us as well. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So what what brings you onto the program today? Give everyone the background and what is it that got you on the air today that you want to talk about? Yeah. So recently I've heard about you um, talking with some listeners about if they're on track or not. And I kind of feel like I'm in the boat of an aggressive spender and almost obsessively, or it's not spender, saver, uh, and obsessively so. And I'm just wondering, like, am I saving too much? And then also just, I had some questions about kind of rebalancing and how to how to decide when you need to start going into more conservative, um, you know, allocations and whatnot. Okay, that sounds great. First of all, how old are you, Philip? I'm 43. Okay, and you work full time, right? I do. And then I have a side hustle that actually produces more income than my full-time job. Whoa. What's the, how much do you make on the full-time job? Uh, about 90000 Okay. And the side hustle? About 125 a year. Okay. So you're an aggressive saver. Tell us the kind of retirement saving that you are doing for both of these chunks of income. I get a 403B and a 457 through my employer. Um, so I max those out every year. Um, and actually, it just 
found out that our um, my organization is going to be going to a Roth version of that. So I plan on doing you know Roth 403B, Roth 457. So that'll be nice. I also have an HSA uh, through my employer. And then I also have um, a Roth and a traditional IRA, you know, just from kind of like past lives. Uh, and then I have a brokerage account. And then I have various other accounts, you know, like things like Acorns and, and whatnot, you know, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know if you want me to tell you my numbers for each of those Hold accounts. On a second. Yeah. Are you making any contributions from the high, side hustle income? Um, that's pretty much all going into my brokerage account. Okay. Yeah. So let's do the, the basics now. Tell us how much money is in your Roth. Let's okay. start with your Roth IRA, your traditional IRA, and we'll go then to the 403B and the 457. All right. The Roth, um, I have 119000 there. Okay. Uh, the traditional, I have 191000 mm-hmm. The 403B, I have 49000 on a 457, I have 53000 Okay. And in the HSA, I have about 13000 Great. And the brokerage, like, if you give me the brokerage, do you want to do all those other accounts and just sort of throw it all in together? Let's, like the brokerage yeah. plus? Yeah, the acorns and all that. Um, that's looking at about 255000 Great. I have cash of about 133000 Rent or own? I own. Uh, I have 112000 left on my mortgage at 3.125%. What's the place worth? Um, probably about two seventy. Are you single, partnered, married, anything? Partnered, but we live apart um, and we don't like combine financial sources yet. You know, you've got a whole bunch of money saved. You're a very young guy. And, you know, I, I, I'm in my experience with therapists. They do that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And do you have any aspirations about early retirement, some retirement, when you want? Yes. Like, what's our, what's our goal here? Yeah. So I work in a school full time. And while it's lovely on many fronts, it's really, it's really challenging work. So I would like to kind of phase out of the school job within the next seven years, maybe around 50, because I am, this is my pension eligible year. So I will get somewhat of a pension later on. Um, And I think just given like what I earn in my side hustle, like I could just do that easily sustain my, my kind of lifestyle, plus put some money away still um, and kind of let the money that I already have ride um, until I'm ready to take that out in my late 50s. If you were to retire from the school at age 50, you said you'd be entitled to a pension. Would you be entitled to health care also? No, but I think that's where um, the wonderful partnership that I'm in would, would come into play. Oh, you mean I'm only going to get married for the insurance? This, is a, this feels like a New York story, Mark. Like it's like we used to say, well, you know, I guess, you know, if I have to give up my apartment, that would be the one thing. That would only the only reason I'd get married just to, you know, it's a real estate transaction. It is going down that track. It's just there's no need for that yet. But, um, you know, there's no signs of that, you know, changing. So I think, you know, by that time, yes, we will be um, cohabitating and, and I would be eligible for his insurance benefits. All right. This sounds like a great plan. I think you're doing a ton of saving. I think doing the Roth eventually will be great. I mean, look, you don't have to kill yourself on the side hustle if you're doing it because you, you like it and it's, it, you, you know, you're building a business, sort of developing that business. I think that's fine. I'm guessing that even if you just had, um, let's wind the clock forward. Let's say you're 50 and in today's dollars, obviously you could support yourself on a hundred grand a year. Right. Right. That's pretty easy. And even if at that time in seven years you had 100 grand and the only thing you were doing was putting, I'm going to guess, like 
10 or 15 percent, you're you've already done a lot of the heavy lifting. I mean, you don't have a ton saved for retirement, but you do have a bunch and you are going to be hyper aggressive in the next seven years. Like the 403B and the 457 are going to be very quickly built up. What is the guesstimate of your pension benefit if you were to leave it 50 Mm -hmm. and you wait to tap that until let's say you're 65 ish what would the uh, monthly pension benefit be i don't know i'm probably not much maybe maybe two or two to three thousand a month wait a minute that's not not that much that's actually a real number okay the reason i say that is that you know that's a number that can provide a little bit of, of relief from feeling like you have to oversave in the 50 to 60s, you know, in that in terms of retirement, because that does take a lot of the pressure off. Who knows what's going to happen with your real estate, whether you move in with partner, partner moves in with you, but chances are the the housing costs are going to be pretty minimal. You just don't have a lot of money left on your, on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So I think you sound like you're in really like when you say, am I on track? Yes, you are on track because you are an aggressive saver. Look, you'll figure this out. It might be that at age 50, you're like, eh, you know what? I'm done. Or you might be like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm fine. I'm going to stay. But you don't have to stay. And I think that's a, a lovely goal to have. Once you do get to age 50, I think the pressure is going to be off to do hyper amounts of saving like you're doing right okay. now. Because you will be doing it in this. I mean, look, basically, you're taking advantage of this time horizon where you have the cash flow and you're socking it away. I think it's awesome. It's just great. Now, what about you saying that you're very aggressive in your um, in terms of like the actual allocation? Like what's going on for you? And Jill, you're not going to be happy with this, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy already. I love you because <laughs> okay. you're great. Because first of all, it's it's not bad to be aggressive. I want everyone to hear that. I am a wimp. It's not bad to be aggressive at all. That's just my personality. I would rather take risk in my career rather than in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. You could take all the risk you want as long as you're okay with it. So tell sure. me, like, what are you doing? Well, I'm pretty much 100% equities. Um, I... I do have a managed fund through Fidelity that they do tax loss, tax loss harvesting for me that basically tracks the S&P 500. So okay. I paid 0.65% on that, hoping that like that's worth it for me to get the, the, you know, the, the tax benefits from that. I'm not really sure. I mean, it's not that hard to do but yourself, but if you want them to do it, that's fine. Is that where most of the, these assets are held at Fidelity? Yeah, yeah, they are. When you say 100%, is it all U.S. equities or is it other stuff? Like, what's Well, they're, they're buying all this stuff for me. They're, fo- they're following the S&P 500, so I'm not really sure exactly. I, have, I own so many companies now because it's not just an index fund, you know? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, my like traditional and Roth, like, yeah, they're, they're pretty much just, yeah, they're, I think they're just U.S. S&P 500 index funds. Same thing with the 457 and the 43B, though I am – thinking of doing some just like small cap and, and emerging market stuff. Yeah, why not? Um, in, and in and international, any international for you? I don't think outright. I just, I don't know. I've always kind of thought the international still gets encompassed by the S&P 500 just because of our well, kind of power. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. I, I mean, look, if you're going to add other asset classes, here's some to consider. Obviously, the reason to add a small bond portfolio position is just that, you know, it will not cost you that much in terms of upside and it will smooth a little of the ride up. But if you really don't care, mm-hmm. then fine. I mean, you've lived through market cycles already because, you know, you're, you've now been investing probably for 
you know, 15, 20 years. So you know that like bad things can happen. I wouldn't mind just having a 10% position in bonds. I don't know. I'm wimpy. I have no judgment around it. I'm amazed and uh, I'm sort of envious when people can take on that risk because I just don't have it in me. I'm really, I'm such a wimp. I just, um, in terms of the bond fund and that, that allocation, I've always just kind of thought, isn't the whole point of smoothing that ride so that like, as you get closer to needing that money, basically. So if I know that I've got, if I can earn enough to not have to dip in, even in my 50s, why wouldn't I stay in 100% equities? Like, what is the point because, of the um, Because most people don't have the wherewithal to hang in there when the blank is hitting the fan. That's okay. the real reason why. Um, so if I look at... Um, Okay, I just happened to have this. I don't know why. Thank goodness I save all this crap. I'm just looking at the Vanguard did a a portfolio allocation risk reward from 1926 to 2020. Okay? If you're 100% stocks from 1926 to 2020, average annual return 10.3%. Okay? That's for 1926 to 2020. When I look at the 80-20 portfolio on an annual return basis... So 80 stocks, 20% bonds. The average annual return, instead of getting 10.3 with a 20% bond position, it's 9.8. It's a half a percentage point, okay? Now, for you, you might be like, oh, I want that half percentage point. For most human beings, (laughs) they are like, I like having a little bit less of a ride. It's really interesting to me to see like, wow, actually having a model that is a little bit less stock does not kill me. It really doesn't. Anyway, so that I give that to you as like, you know, you can do with it as you wish. You can be 100% stocks. I think statistically over time you'll win as long as you don't get freaked out. Right. Well, and like you said, I plan on doing at least, you know, just my own private practice, you know, as long as I can, you know, well into my retirement years just on a part-time basis. So I think I'll always just be okay on the cash flow. I think you're in great shape. You have um, your will. You have a power of attorney. You have a healthcare proxy. Uh huh. I do. If you've got a financial question, just go to JillOnMoney.com and click the Contact Us button. Hey, don't forget, check out our YouTube show. It's called Jill on Money, powered by the Compound. It has been a blast. You can subscribe to Jill on Money on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you would not mind, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. It's Friday, so that means we do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer and Web King. We are distributed by Odyssey. Please do something nice for someone else today. It's going to make that person feel good, and it's going to make you feel really good. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.